Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. A lot of people are still talking about the balloon or balloons now, I guess we can say. We've apparently had a few before during President Trump's administration. There was a story about three balloons being out. Nobody knows quite what happened to those, if they were shot down quietly or not. There was one over South America last week, and then the most famous one, uh, there was one apparently a month ago also in Hawaii that came down near Hawaii. Um, these Chinese surveillance balloons, whatever that means, whatever they've gotten. And then, of course, the one that was shot down uh, just off the coast of South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, uh, over the weekend. Uh, with us this morning is Congressman Scott Perry from the 10th Congressional District here in our area uh, to talk about that and much more. Good morning, Congressman. How are you? And good morning, Gary. Always something interesting happening. You know, no, there's never a dull moment. <laughs> Uh, you you know, know what? You know, the most interesting part about this was China, China's reaction. Like the, the United States overreacted. And I'm thinking if we flew a balloon into China right now, they couldn't wait to shoot that down. And and they're insisting the flyover was an accident. I mean, how many of these accidents do they have? They have one flying over South, South America last week. They got one flying over here that's lingering over one of our three military uh, fields that uh, house nuclear weapons. I mean, I'm... Call me call me uh, suspicious, but you know, and for people who want to kind of sit in the Chinese side and say, "Well, you know, come on, it's a Chinese balloon flying over our country." I know we have spy satellites everywhere and all that stuff, but this is like sticking in your face, isn't it? It is, uh, Gary, and uh, I would hope that most people would see uh, any of Chinese overtures that it was a mistake or how they didn't know anything. Whatever they're saying is all. Uh, th- that's just baloney. Um, it's it's a surveillance balloon, and I don't know what the sensors are. We're probably never going to know all the suite of sensors that uh, were on this uh, on this vehicle. But uh, if if not if not for closer surveillance, uh, it's just probably meant pa- basically to measure response and gauge how we dealt with it, and quite honestly, to humiliate the United States of America and. And normalize the fact that um, that China feels like it can it can kind of do this at will, and yeah. and appar- apparently it can because it just did. Yeah, the, the idea that we can do what we want to do, go over that country, and we know you're not going to respond, and, and we you know we see well before it even gets to Montana, the thing flew in over the country. Now I saw we have one that went down, and I said a month ago, and I want to correct myself, four months ago in Hawaii. We had a few that came down, apparently, or were in our area during the Trump administration. Not quite sure what happened to those. That was rather unclear. But, I mean, it's a scary kind of thing when you think that the Chinese are that audacious right now to do that. And then, to make it even more, blame us for overreacting. I mean, I I, I was breathless this morning. They're, they're blaming us for overreacting? Really? I just, I, I can't get over that. So, anyway. Well, it's look, it's part and parcel to the new attitude that we've seen displayed. It's not a new attitude, but we've seen it displayed, especially in the last couple of years. You know, when you try to talk to uh, Chinese leaders about their human rights violations, including concentration camps and forced organ harvesting, they respond with, you know, your country is racist and, and uh, you're the start of all these problems. You know, the Chinese... 
civilization is much older than America's, and they've been oppressing people longer, much longer than uh, that the United States. If, if the United States has oppressed anybody at all, but but um, look, you should get used to this. It's information warfare. It's information operations. The Chinese Senate, like I said, uh, to gauge response, among other things. And this is wide area surveillance. The capabilities are probably much more than, than most Americans can even imagine. While it might be Civil War type, type technology, you know, but it is up at the, you know, in the stratospheric level, 60 to 65,000 feet. These balloons are solar powered. They're, they can control, be controlled. Uh, you know, they, they use the altitude to control their loitering or lingering time. And, and uh, you, know, I, you know, we know all this because the United States launched balloons across the United States to use this in drug cartel interdiction, mm-hmm. what, right. about, you know, three or four years ago. So right. technology is available, and the concern is not only, uh, you know, what they're doing with the information, but, of course, who's doing it. Is the United States doing it, and are American citizens being swept up in this? But then um, is, is China doing it? And what are they doing with the information? One of my frustrations, though, Gary, is is that the Chinese do this kind of stuff to us on a wide scale every single day, and the United States not only allows it, but participates in it, including many of our citizens. If you use if you use TikTok, you're using a Chinese information gathering operation on a mass scale. Um, you know, we talk about surveillance with a balloon, but these people likely. Many of them are working on our installations and in our universities doing research paid for by American tax dollars. I mean, we've got to get serious about our adversary, which is the Chinese Communist Party. I look at the number one function of government, which is to keep us secure, right? I mean, that's make make sure we're secure. So we look at the borders and we see uh, a, what, 714% increase on coming across the northern border now from Canada because for a lot of people it's much easier than coming across the southern border, which is also in disarray. So we look at that. We look at something like this where we say, well, we're not going to shoot it down because it might fall on some people and so forth in Montana. Uh, And I'm thinking this is our national security we're talking about here. So we see just those two examples right there. If President Biden's going up tomorrow night on the State of the Union address and he says to you, and you're going to be sitting there in the House, and he says, and by the way, we're more secure than we've ever been. How do you sell that without having a guy with a drum beat behind you there just knocking off a couple of rounds? I mean, I, it's, it's breathtaking as to how we treat this. And then many people who are there with him in the Democratic Party say, well, there's, you know, there's not much going on here. Come on. there. All right, we, maybe we can sneak into the country and have a few terrorists sneak in, or maybe we're just gathering some information. That's not really hurting our security. I mean, this blase attitude about security really bothers me a little bit. Your thoughts on that? Well, it bothers me greatly. It is our number one function as a federal government, and we're failing at it. And, and the fact that we take this cavalier approach to it is um, it, it's dangerous, it's irresponsible, and once once things have happened, they can't be reeled back in. They can't be reeled back in. It's too late. That's why constant vigilance is required. You talk about the incursions on the border, including the northern border, and the president saying, you know, the border's more secure than ever. He's got his Homeland Security secretary out there saying similar similar things. I mean, they normalize this uh, this absolute and abject failure, which is not born out of ignorance or incompetence. This is what they want to do. It is 
it, it, it's dangerous for Americans. I mean, we, we lost 100,000 Americans last year alone to things like fentanyl and opioids coming across our th- southern border, the components of which are made in China. And, and you know, the media doesn't seem to care. Certainly the administration is aiding and abetting all this stuff. Not only, look, people should be going to jail for these kind of things, let alone just out there cavalierly right. talking about them and, and acting like everything's fine. It's, if it's your family member that has been lost to, to this, this, uh, this plague of sorts, you know, it's, it's not funny. It's, there's nothing cavalier right. about it. I mean, it, it took us 10 years to lose 50,000 people in, Viet, in the war in Vietnam, lose 100,000 in one year, and, and the administration barely has anything to say about it. Yeah, the idea that uh, that security is kind of well, if we want to do it, it's fine. If not, you know, and, and that's and people say, well, that's you're probably understated or overstated. I I don't know. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day. Plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen. Congressman Scott Perry with us this morning here at 718. And Congressman, I just saw an interview with uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, the other day, uh, the Transportation Secretary on ABC's This Week. And John Carl presented Buttigieg with an ABC News Washington Post poll showing that 58% of Democrats do not want the president to run for re-election, compared to just 31% who would like to see him pursue a second term. Carl said, do you want, to, do you want him to run again? I mean, you saw our poll. A large number of Democrats say they don't want him to run again. Buttigieg bristled and proceeded to give Biden praise that even his most ardent fans would likely consider over the top. He said he's an absolute historical, uh, historically successful president, quote-unquote, I'm incredibly proud to be part of his team that he has built and be part of the results that he's delivering the biggest infrastructure package since Eisenhower, the most significant economic achievement package since FDR, all, by the way, while having the most slimmest, uh, most slimmest, I don't think that's the word you want to use, a congressional majority of any new Democratic president in about 100 years. And again, we're just two years in, so what he's achieved is extraordinary. Your thoughts about what Mr. Buttigieg said and also the idea that Many Democrats don't want the president to run again, and yet tomorrow night he's going to make a case as to why he probably will run again. Your thoughts on the State of the Union tomorrow night and this particular article right here? Well, look, I don't expect anything different from the secretary. He's, he's got to support the team that he's on, and he's right. got his own epic failures that uh, he's probably happy that he didn't have to discuss uh, You know, as transportation secretary. That all having been said, it's just, uh, you know, look, they're talking themselves into and hoping to talk us into some belief that things in the country are going well and and, and that, that, that this president is actually, you know, at the rudder of any of this. First of all, no one believes that he's actually making critical decisions. They believe that the people around him are making those decisions. I mean, the fact that he has to have you know, everything printed on a note card, including his own wife's name on occasion. Uh, I'm probably, that's probably a little bit of an exaggeration, but um, you get the point. Uh, people know what's going on, and of course they know that the 
the, the, the circumstances that they're living in. And rhetoric doesn't just wash that stuff away where we have the most secure border. Uh, you know, they know that that there are record. You know, we got 250,000 people coming across the border illegally every single month. We've never seen anything even close to approaching this crime at epic levels. We've got inflation at 40, 50 years, high, 50 year high interest rates are climbing through the roof. Home prices are unaffordable. I mean, thank goodness for a mild winter. We literally have people freezing in their homes. Of course, we've got uh, food, you know, we got food issues with eggs right now and, and the loss of uh, multiple food processing locations across the country over the last couple of years without really much of an investigation and, and seemingly no answers. I mean, um, it, it, we've got civil strife in, in the streets. And this is all the stuff that uh, the Biden administration actually owns. I mean, when you look at the, the Chinese spy balloon, just the most recent, and go back to the beginning with Afghanistan withdrawal, I mean, on, on the world stage, we're a laughingstock and we're a failure at nearly everything that we've been involved in, including yeah. this protracted war in Ukraine and tax dollars being spent there without any clarity on what the mission is. I mean... You know, he's he's going to say what he's going to say. We'll listen. Obviously, we're going to be respectful. We're not like the left or the Democrats. We're not going to not show up. We're not going to turn our backs. We're going to applaud if there's something good for America. And we're going to be skeptical and rightly critical as Americans if he says things that are just completely out of bounds that don't match up with reality. But it's a good opportunity for us to have a public discourse and a conversation that we should have because we're all Americans. This is our country, and and we're all in this together. So we got to figure it out together. And you don't think that Speaker McCarthy will rip up his speech behind him when he gets done? So we'll see. As was done by a previous speaker. Anyway, um, right. speaking of Speaker McCarthy, uh, you know you were one of the people that it, you know voted against him for a while, or voted against him getting that job, and it went fifteen different uh, ballots before he finally got in. How's he doing so far? I know he's dealing with the president right now and the debt ceiling, but uh, in the early days of Congress, what are your thoughts on on the job that Speaker McCarthy's doing so far in representing uh, the House? I think he's doing a. I think he's doing a very well. He's doing a good job. Uh, let's put it like that. We're always, you know, we're guardedly optimistic. You know me, Gary. I'm in the trust and verify uh, position. I did vote otherwise because things needed to change and. Things have changed, but you have to stay on it. You know, we have to stay on it. There's always a push to move it closer to the status quo, to move it more towards leadership having all the power and members having little power, which disenfranchises citizens. And so I, I think right now we're, we're at a good place, and we just want it to stay that way. I listen to the things he says. I watch the things he does. I think he's, he's doing a good job so far on the debt ceiling, but we're not quite uh, obviously, at the crucible there, the real test is yet to come. But I think rhetorically, he's in the right location, and we've got the committees constituted, and we're on the right track. So, um, you know, right, right now, I, I'm, I'm pleased uh, with our progress, and uh, you know, but I'm, I'm always going to be watching, Gary. You know me; I'm always. Uh, it just requires constant vigilance to make sure that we stay on the right track. Well, I think that's a good idea also for us as citizens to make sure we do that and let you know, our representatives, to you know about that so you know what we're thinking as well. But uh, great points this morning. Thank you so much, Congressman, for being with us. We'll be interested to see what his, your take is 
on uh, what the president has to say tomorrow night in the State of the Union address. But thanks for taking time to, with us this morning to talk about kind of the state of the state here, uh, and that being the United States, all here on WSBA. And have a good week, okay? You too, Gary. Be safe. God bless you. Congressman, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Congressman Scott Perry with us right here on WSBA. We- Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.